I'm so glad to be with you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you, your wallet, your future. I want you to learn ideas to me so that you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of ripoffs, coming up in 20 minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, why is it that teachers get so ripped off, so cheated on their retirement plans? That is absolutely a Clark Rage. I want to tell you what you need to know if you're a teacher, work for a nonprofit, work for a hospital system, anything like that. That's coming your way in 20 minutes. In the next half hour, I've got another way, another place for you to do shopping where things are a screaming deal. And I'm going to tell you all about ways for you to save that maybe you haven't tried or didn't know were out there. Right now, I want to talk about something that has been a problem for a long time. Uh, First, my forgetfulness, our web address, Clark.com. That's a problem, how much I forget. And ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money on things. It has been... For the 30 years I've been on the air, a consistent problem. Rogue movers, scam movers. And Americans don't move as often as we used to. And so we don't have as much experience with the ins and outs of how you might be cheated by a mover when you are looking to move your household goods from one place to another, across town, across the state, or across the country. And unfortunately, criminal gangs, organized crime, are both very present in the moving industry. There are a lot of the rogues, what they do is they quote you a move, come and get your stuff. They might be very polite, uh, do a good job loading up the truck and all that, and then your stuff vanishes. What the rogues do is they hold your moving possessions hostage. Better than holding you hostage, but they hold your possessions hostage, hide them, and then ransom your own things back to you. And let me tell you, if you don't pay the ransom, you're likely never seeing any of your possessions again. The other thing the rogues do is they'll get your business by quoting you a very low moving cost. And you think, wow, what a deal. I'm going to hire them. Then they come and they load up the truck and they go to your new address and you get there and they say, that'll be an extra $5,000 or $10,000 or whatever. And you say, wait, wait, wait. You said the move was going to be $2,400. And they say, well, I mean, you didn't tell us you had all this stuff. So we want cash and we want 10 grand or we're out of here and you don't get any of your furnishings back. This is a horrendous problem that unfortunately in the moving industry is not isolated. And so you have got to be very, very careful and how you pick a mover, because there are so many abuses. The people that are luckiest 
are people who are those that work at a place where the company has a contract with a moving company. That will eliminate most complaints or problems because even a lot of stuff with moving will be gray area. It won't be as stark as the worst cases I just talked about, which happen way too often. It'll be more, well, this went missing, this is broken, and the company says, stick it in your ear. Corporate moves, that doesn't happen as much because they don't want to lose the contract that they have with the corporation. But most of us don't have a corporation there putting that umbrella around us to protect us. So what I like is for you when you're looking to hire a mover to hire what's known as a certified pro mover. If you go to moving.org, you can see who the certified pro movers are. They agree to live by a code of ethics and they doesn't eliminate complaints or problems, but it improves your odds. Another thing, no matter who you move with, you've got to buy insurance for that move because your items are not covered for anything, really, unless you buy a policy that a mover's policy that I like you to buy is one that is for replacement value with a deductible of a couple hundred dollars. You spot the mover few hundred dollars of things they break or lose or whatever but beyond that the items are replaced with new instead of arguing about well that's three years old so we're going to give you 12 cents for it so you want to have replacement value coverage you also want to have a binding estimate on your move in the moving industry the word estimate does not mean what you think it means an estimate is just like a number they could pull out of the thin air but has nothing to do with what you ultimately pay. It must be what's known as a binding estimate. And looking for people on Google or whatever, big problem. Because a lot of the people that will come up in a Google search are sleazy brokers that in many cases are working with the bandits, the rogue movers. And they get a cut from the crooks, and then you have your wallet cut to pieces by the crooks. So be wary, be careful, take your time here, and remember, binding estimate and insurance. Andrea's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you, Clark? Good, thank you. How can I serve you today? Um, I'm just wondering about your uh, recommendations on apps where they invest spare change for you. Is it safe? Because I've noticed that some of them ask for your social security number. Completely safe um, as far as anything is safe today. They're not scammers or anything like that. And I love the Roundup things. I think they're great. Which one are you thinking of? I'm particularly thinking about Acorn. Okay, Acorns, and it's, and it's plural, A-C-O-R-N-S, okay. does automated investing. You pay $12 a year to do investing through them. And I think it's so neat because in the past, you never would have been able to invest money 
just off of your leftover change or having in it $5 a month or whatever. So I would feel very confident and comfortable using Acorns. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking about. And I had a bank account that used to do it um, with my debit card, but I think it would be fantastic fantastic if I could get all of my credit cards and debit cards doing it. As so well. the one you were doing before was the one that rounded up change if you spent three dollars 42 cents it would become four yep. and then the rest would go into savings yep and they don't do that anymore or you change banks i change banks i used yeah okay yeah good, good idea banks. okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> so acorns is is the legit real to, deal I think, yeah i think it's a great way to to save money without noticing it in a whole chunk right away so I think you go for it. And their portfolios, I mean, there are many ways to construct portfolios, but I think they've done a good job with doing widely diversified portfolios where normally with small amounts of money, you'd never be able to put together an affordable portfolio. But in this right. case, you can. I mean, you, you're investing with your pennies and dollars like someone who has thousands of dollars. Right. So... And if you can find your way to put more aside each month in it than just your uh, your change great. roundup, I'd love for you to do that. Okay. All okay. right. Great. Thanks, Clark. Appreciate it. Have a great it. day. You too. Bye. And again, that's acorns, A-C-O-R-N-S dot com, dollar a month for you to do an investing program with them where it all happens automatically, builds the savings and investment habit without you really lifting a finger. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. John. Yes. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. You want to talk about something totally out of control, and that is robocalls. Yes, yes. You know, um, like most people, I have a cell phone, and over the course of time, I seem to be getting an increasing number of these robocalls. And something else is changing about them, too. Whereas I would get a call and it would show some distant area code and a city name, now I seem to be getting more of them that have local area codes on them. And it's almost like they're trying to mask themselves as being somebody locally whose call I should take. Yeah, my wife is being driven crazy by somebody calling from a local area code. It must be a, a robotic dialer because she's getting about a dozen of them a day from the same number. Yes. They so never I, leave a voicemail. Yeah, right, right. And so there's this, there's this website that I went to, I found, where you could put in a number, and other people who may have gotten calls from that number would post their experience. You could see you know, whether something was a robocall or not. And one of my concerns is how legitimate is that website? I've looked it up, and, you know, it sounds sort of legit, but you never know. And then the other problem is these local exchange numbers I'm getting now never seem to be, to be listed there. Right. So it's, this is moving too fast for the site you're talking about is basically a bulletin board. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that, that it's not working because... It's too anecdotal, and the technology with the robo-dialers 
is so sophisticated and becoming more so by the day that you can't really defeat this with a message board. Now, have you tried the Hiya app, H-I-Y-A? No, no. Normally, I just don't answer the calls. But every once in a while, you know, I look at it and I think, oh, I think I'm supposed to know that number. And Don't do it. Don't answer it. I know. Yeah. But if you download Haya, it it's really a good thing because Haya, uh, they come up with what's their active list of numbers that are a problem, and they will block those calls for you. They're not even going to show up oh. when they know one is coming from a scam number, and Haya is free. Oh, okay. Well, I have one last question. Do you... Do you have any sense of whether the do not call registry is worth posting a number at anymore? It was, but not anymore. You okay. know, it, it worked so efficiently for so long yeah. before the new technologies became available that allow hoodlums to place billions of calls, potentially, at virtually no cost and be beyond our shores and out of touch, out of our reach. Yeah. So are they finding our numbers just randomly? Is that how I'm getting called? You know, I read so many theories about this. I've even read that they just call every number combination possible automatically. Yeah. It's not specifically that they're trying to call you, John. They're calling just at random every number combination and hoping they land on somebody who's going to be a goldmine for them. What a pain. But I promise the technology that's hassling us will figure out how to defeat it. Today's Clark Rageous moment is about something that is only happening in one of the 50 states and should have happened everywhere by now. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. We all do the platitudes about how much we appreciate teachers, but the reality is, as a country, we've been taking advantage of our teachers, and nowhere more so than in teachers' retirement. Teachers generally are provided by a school district or by a union a 403B plan. 403B plans are the version of 401ks that are most often offered to people at schools, hospitals, nonprofit organizations. And unfortunately, 403b plans are generally vastly inferior to 401ks, but they're regulated by the states. And only the state of Connecticut is, to my knowledge, the first state in the country is requiring that those who have 403B plans, like teachers, be told what fees they're going to pay. Unfortunately, with a a 401K now, and with mutual funds and index funds, you know what they cost. The reports are required. But what teachers don't know is destroying their wallets. Most 403B plans are so rotten terrible that unless a teacher is having money incentivized given to them by the school system, you're better off not doing a 403B at all 
and instead doing your own Roth IRA. It's not unusual for a 403B plan for a teacher to have expenses each year 40 times what your own Roth IRA would have. 40 times. And instead of funding your own retirement, you're lining the pockets of salespeople and insurance companies. Completely clark There is an exception, and that's 403B plans offered by TIA, TIAA.org. Everybody else is suspect. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where the whole goal to help you keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address, clark.com slash ask to ask me a question. Two years ago, I think it was, I first talked about holler.com, H-O-L-L-A-R. And holler is the equivalent of a dollar store for the internet. But things generally aren't a dollar. They're usually two, three, or five dollars. Occasionally, they'll go past five, but not often. I love ordering from holler.com. Stuff comes quick, not two days quick like Walmart or Amazon, but typically in seven days. And the items, as long as you order, Joel, I forget, do you order 20 or $25 at a time? 25 25 at a time, you pay no shipping charge. I guess I've never had trouble going above $25 buying things two, three, four, five dollars at a time. And what's really wonderful about it is they will have a number of things available that are things that maybe were product fails that originally could have been twenty or thirty dollars, and now they're selling them off because they bought the whole inventory for just a couple of dollars or five dollars. And if it's something that's useful to you, for you it's not a fail. It was a manufacturer's fail. But for you it might be a deal. I'm looking right now and they're selling a steak knife set, seven steak knives for $5. That's a good price for a steak knife set. If there's more than seven of you, then you got to convince somebody they're a vegetarian and they don't need the steak knife. But... Holler, H-O-L-L-A-R, sells a wide variety of items and actually probably sells far more SKUs than you'd find at Dollar Tree or at Five Below. And Five Below to me is the closer comparison to what Holler is because most items are more than a dollar where at Dollar Tree everything is a dollar. But at Five Below... Everything's $5 or less, but in reality, most things are 4 or $5. And so Holler is equivalent, maybe a little cheaper than 5 Below. 5 Below, though, is very heavily geared towards teenage girls. Holler is a wider demographic, is a wider selection of things that would appeal to more people. But it's really got to be people who are cheap and don't need immediate gratification because you got that week, you got to wait for the stuff to show up. 
Fred's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Fred. Hello, Clark. Fred, you were thinking of getting into a business. No, I'm looking into uh, tax lien certificates. That's a business. You're thinking of being a purchaser of them? Yeah, I've been been in contact with a company there in Nevada that buys them in bulk and sells them to uh, people like myself as a uh, percentage. They have some cows in Nevada, and they just laid a big pile of manure. Okay, what's up? So this is an area that is so overhyped, I don't even know where to start. So let me start here. Someone who is extremely experienced can identify properties that taxes are past due, not paid, and have the potential of becoming very lucrative to the owner of the tax liens. In a number of states, what happens is if the property taxes have not been paid, the local government just wants their tax revenue. So they will sell off a tax lien certificate where you bring the taxes current, And then you are in a position, depending on state statute, to charge a very high rate of interest to the property owner for the unpaid taxes. And if they don't pay the taxes, you can end up with the property. If they do pay the taxes, you earn a potentially very high rate of interest. How did I do on explaining how they pitch it? Well, yeah, that's exactly how they pitch it. All right, do you know why the pitch is only something that people who are very experienced should get involved in? A lot of times if somebody has not paid the taxes on a piece of property, the property is one that basically at this point has no market value. Could be land that the owner has deemed to be so worthless it's not even worth paying the taxes on it. And so you end up buying a tax lien certificate through one of these clearinghouses and you've paid the taxes on a piece of property that the owner is like, yeah, what do you want to do about it? And so you paid for it and the lien ends up being worthless to you. Okay. And so the people that are successful at this never bulk buy, never deal with a bulk buyer they always go out there and do the hard work of looking at properties that have unpaid tax and trying to figure out one by one is it one that you do want to own the tax lien on okay so so what they're saying is oh you know give me twenty thousand dollars we'll give you say ten certificates and uh, you're guaranteed uh, eleven to sixteen percent is not really accurate not only is it not accurate it's a big lie Uh i was being kind yeah (laughs) and i wasn't was i fred (laughs) no you were being honest do they have any of your money no okay yeah yeah they've been uh, i talked to them this morning i wanted to talk to them before i spoke to you and uh yeah they make it all sound like you know you just sit back and wait for the money to come rolling in okay so if it was that wonderful and that easy 
they would never ever sell them to you yeah that makes sense what they would do is they would hire uh basically runners that would that would deal with trying to collect on each of them and pay them some finder's fee or pay them a salary hourly rate and then the money would flow back to them they wouldn't job it out to you because they're giving away to you the real revenue potential yeah, and then they're and they're taking six point eight percent right off the top. Right, and you're taking all the risk on tax lien certificates that, in most cases, will end up being worthless. If you ever want to get involved in this, what I recommended in the past is you want to work for a company that that does tax lien certificates. So that's how they make their money, not selling them off like this one, but actually they they buy them and they collect on them, or they foreclose and make money from the properties, learn how it's done, but the nuts and bolts, and then maybe it's something you get involved in on your own. Courtney's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Courtney. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Courtney. What's going on in your life? Um, so maybe a week or two ago, um, I had kind of a nasty experience at my credit union, um, my father-in-law gets paid a lot with coins and things, and so um, we save all of the rolled coins and all of the loose um, dollar coins, and we call them walker dollars, and we save them up for my kids' college. Um, so I went into my credit union with, like, almost $400 worth of loose, not loose, um, rolled coins and wanted to deposit them, and I got... I got some nasty attitude from them. Um, they informed me that they did not have to actually take my money. And they said, um, you know, our bank doesn't want us wasting our time on rolled money. And so... Or wait, 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 wait. <laughs> our... Okay, let's let's deal with that language. Who, who does that person work for? I guess they work for... For you. <laughs> they work for you. A credit union is owned by its members. And telling you that they don't want to be bothered with your coins is telling you that they don't like you as their boss. That's your place. That's one of the things that makes a credit union so different than a bank. You own the place. (laughs) And they didn't make you feel like an owner at all, did they? No, not at all. They... I actually had my um, my 14-month-old baby in one arm and all of the change that I'd brought in in the other arm. And oh, no. she told me that, so the loose $1 coins, she said, I'm not even going to touch those. And I said, well, can I roll them while you count these coins? And she said, that's fine, but if anyone else comes in, you're going to sit over there and point it. So I'm like dropping coins on the floor and trying oh. to juggle my kid. And, and when I called... The managers and said, you know, is this your policy or is this just a convenience factor? They said, no, ma'am, that is our policy. Um, we don't like to spend time rolling coins. I'm sorry, it's handled that way, but that that is our policy. Well, I am I am just completely disappointed to hear that. Now you know that you're sent a ballot once a year to elect members of the board of the credit union. With that young baby, you may be too busy. But you might consider running for the board of that credit union. Well, that's... I mean, it is your place. And you can also make your voice heard. Find out when 
board of directors meeting is for your credit union and they're open to all members and go and share your terrible experience you had. And by the way, hand the board chairman your baby when it's time for your baby's diaper to be changed. (laughs) I could do that. (laughs) Because I just want to make it clear as I can, that's your place. And for somebody to throw two at you is not okay. So so then my question was, is that an actual policy? Are they allowed to... A number number of financial institutions now will not deal with people bringing coins in or will charge you to bring coins in. Weird, isn't it? All right, now I have an alternative idea for you. got a couple of them. One is you can certainly look for another credit union that's not going to do that to you. But the okay. other is, are you familiar with Coinstar? Yes, but don't they take 8%? What a great question. But you can, instead of taking cash from them at no fee, you can turn it into money you can use so many different places. Oh, Wow. So I'm looking right now, um, Toys R Us, that's an expensive place, Starbucks, another expensive place, Southwest Airlines, um, movie theaters, restaurants, Lowe's is on there, Best Buy, Bass Pro Shops. I mean, there's a long list of places that you can have money that you can use at any of those stores at zero fee. I didn't know that. So that would be, and then you just... Instead of having to roll the coins, you just pour them all in the machine, and it just makes all that clanging noise, and there's this ticker telling you how much money you have, and it's so fun because I feel like I'm getting rich as I turn it in. My wife is obsessed with getting that overpriced Starbucks coffee. Right. (laughs) So I go and I put all my coins in there a couple times a year, and then I give her the Starbucks voucher for all that money that I got at Coinstar. That is brilliant. That's that's exactly what we'll do. Well, great. I'm glad I could help, but I'm still distressed that your credit union treated you so terribly. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question at clark.com. Producer Joel asks it for you. All right, Clark. Daryl says, I recently tried Airbnb and found a rental for an upcoming family vacation. I went through the booking process, providing all the normal information that's required until I was asked to either submit a copy of government-issued ID or provide personal information, including the last four digits of my social security number. I paused and I was because I was worried about the online the security risk. What do you think? You know, I understand that there's actually greater risk at a hotel. When you go to a hotel, you have to show ID. I think about how many hotels around the world, they've disappeared with my ID and made a photocopy of it. Could be my passport outside the United States, my driver's license here. And analog issues like that are actually a greater risk to us, if you call that analog or offline or whatever you call it, versus digital where there's encryption. The thing in any situation, renting you a room in somebody's home, a house, apartment, going to a hotel and checking in, 
they want to know who they're dealing with, who that is, and that's why you have to provide some form of ID, as uncomfortable as that is, doing it over the internet. All right, Donna writes in, she says, what's your opinion of Spirit Airlines? I'm wondering if they're safe (laughs) and worth the money, because I've seen some really good fares. Okay, I am not qualified to speak about the safety of any airline, Uh, and that's something I just know. I don't have the mind to be able to do that. Spirit is an acquired taste. People love to hate on Spirit, and they have a newer CEO who is a very good airline operator, and I think over time they'll provide their inexpensive product with a service that people won't hate so much. But everything is extra after you buy your ticket, except breathing. And you don't have to pay to use the bathroom on the plane. But everything else is extra, and you have to count in what those extras will be. They call it the bear fare. And if you're going to book Spirit, go to their own website so you can see all the different fees you'll have to pay and see if it really is cheaper than booking with someone else. All right. Steve writes in. He says, how much should I trust a company that says that they can help me after getting behind on my taxes? Don't trust those at all. Never. Not even a little bit. If you've fallen behind on your taxes, these people that promise miracles and allowing you to settle your tax bill for mere pennies on the dollar, almost always, uh, nearly 100% of the time, that's a big fat lie. Their fees up front, they aren't a lie at all. You pay real money, and you want a real tax expert. If you got huge tax liabilities, you want to look at having a tax attorney. If they're smaller, you want to look at using a CPA who does tax or what's known as an enrolled agent, somebody enrolled to practice tax matters before the IRS. And don't get discouraged by a tax burden you face. One step at a time, you get it done. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet, and they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.